Welcome to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, boy. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel, without a pause. I'm lowering my level. <laughs> we're talking about Public Enemy, and we were talking about uh, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Uh, their record from 1988, and uh, a, a chart-topping, a seminal, uh, a platinum album, um, and just an incredible, uh, just an incredible thing. Now you can go listen to it on streaming. Uh, there's a deluxe edition which you should skip and listen to the normal, uh, listen to the normal edition. And um, there is a uh, a live show that's sampled on this on this record. Or sampled is probably the wrong word. Uh, excerpted, like stretches from the live show are included. Uh, it was in London and. Um, uh, there is a YouTube video that we will put in the show notes for this episode uh, that you can check out and see just just the 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 incredible showmanship, the kind of the energy and and the I I don't know just the kind of the incredible phenomenon as as performers that these guys were and like what it what it must have been like to be there uh, to be there at the time. It's a little bit like. Like Ryan, I don't know how you feel it, but but for me, it's a little bit. It's one of the like, er, when I think of like what what is hip hop or what is you know um, what what was rap like in this period? This is a group that I think of, and this is something that like, and that sort of energy is exactly what I think of, right? Yeah, I think that's exactly right, and it's it's kind of in parallel with uh, with NWA, and we you know we we didn't cover NWA on this podcast, um, but Straight Outta Compton, uh, I believe, is from the same year from from '88 as well, and we talked about that when the film was out um, a little a little under a year ago um, now, and uh, and I think that there are a lot of pieces of you know this is this important kind of transitional moment um, of kind of this golden age of hip hop, kind of moving from era. Eric B and Rakim, um, and earlier Run DMC that we've talked about, uh, and kind of providing a pathway into uh, into '90s hip hop, and especially uh, into kind of a mass popularity of rap music. Um, and I think this is important there, um, and as as important uh, in that kind of narrative of kind of the popularization of, of uh, rap music and of the creation of the '90s, which is kind of our story here, as it is to this kind of political story. Uh, a kind of uh, and and we've kind of talked a lot about protest music and social music uh, of various genres and various pieces throughout this arc. Uh, and I think that, that uh, this is gonna, uh, a record that intersects with that at, at the same time, right? So this is both hyper-political and also hyper-kind of uh, important from a genre perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have some some things to say about it also, but but the other, the other thing uh, I would say is that like, if, you know, if your like timid white mother was afraid of rap music, Right. This is the this is the kind of the nightmare, uh, or or maybe iced tea is more than nightmare. But like, but it's politically engaged. It's aggressive. It is super pissed off. Right. Well, and it is, and it is, and it is. It is noise, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and and it is, uh, it is, it's it's noise rap in a way, right? Like that. This is a a. It's loud. Uh, it's confrontational. It's very amped up. It's you know, uh, it's sort of packed, packed full. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the quality. That packed full quality is what you mean by right. It's noise. It's noise yeah. rap. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, it's it, we'll get into this. It's packed full, but there are also is it, some of what it is packed full of. It's it not just packed full, but like it's also packed full of things like razor blades, right? right. Like, right? Like it's not just it's one thing to have like a a bag that is very full, and another thing for that that very full bag to have some pointy objects sticking out of it. It's right? Like when it's, you it, drop when you drop a plate or you like knock a glass onto the floor or something like that, and you have to sweep it up and then put it in the trash bag, right? And like you know. Sharp, uh, cutty edge edges protrude from the uh, from exactly. yeah from the trash bag, and you have to like take extra care uh, with the thing. It's it's uh, it's like that. 
Well, and, and, and as we're saying, you know, that we've along, before we were a music to- uh, podcast, aspired to be a experimental noise collective, right? So in some ways, uh, among one of, uh, of, of many ways, Public Enemy has been a role model to us, right? That we, you know, that there is, we've always aspired to make noise. Uh, and what is very cool is that this is kind of, they take this kind of stuff quality uh, and, and these kinds of pointy objects um, and create something um, that is, I mean, you know, I was, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, I guess you just kind of live your truth here. Like, I was dancing at my standing desk. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. It was definitely like I I walked through the farmers market today with uh, b- uh, playing Public Enemy on headphones, and I definitely and was live your truth. Live your truth. Yeah, I definitely was like uh, struck by the contrast between the kind of like uh, you know love peace and like reusable hemp bag ethos of the scene around me and the the jagged urban uh, bitter protest. Uh, that was, you know, that, and, and I wish I had, uh, I had a radio that I could carry on my shoulder so that I could force down the throats of all these complacent hippies, uh, a little, a little b- drop some knowledge on them, like a little dose of truth and reality. Anyway, get your own dose of truth and reality. I highly encourage you to find the loudest sound system you can drive to the middle of the most crowded place you can find and blast this record. Uh, as a service, as a public service to your fellow citizens, uh, but then, but then go and also listen it to it in your headphones, right? Like you both should blast it. Uh, you should publicize the public enemy, uh, but also privatize it uh, and, uh, and 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 let it ring within your ears. Because I think that, especially in really hearing the kind of nuance and detail that's going on in all of the elements in the production, um, in Chuck D's rapping, uh, in in Flavor Flav's um, kind of uh, also rapping and kind of hype manning um hearing all of those pieces requires a closer listen that kind of blends together um through a speaker a little bit um and so so do both externalize it and internalize it um and so so you have a lot of homework is what what we're saying so we're gonna give you a little extra time (laughs) right you have you have a double the, the normal time you have to complete uh complete your assignment don't let a nation of millions hold you back from listening to the record because uh when you finish we will be right here after these words from our commercial sponsor boy it sure is a noisy world out there i agree wholeheartedly with all those sounds i bet you wish you could just kind of get away from it all without leaving the comforts of the city that you live in i mean i'm afraid of marginal hearing loss you know but i don't want to leave my urban home why not try earplugs what that's right you with these small devices you can stick them in your ear and have no fear (laughs) wow i can feel my hearing lasting into my 80s already that's right. You uh, you can obscure funk samples, jackhammers, and inconvenient truths about the political economy of the United States. <laughs> hey, I can obscure the sound of the police sirens as they chase me down the alley. What's that you said? I don't know, because I already had my earplugs in. <laughs> Thanks, earplugs. <laughs> Thanks, earplugs. <laughs> and we're back. I guess you repeated what I said at the end because you didn't hear it. Correct. <laughs> oh, good. I got the. Uh, I got the joke. That's not, the joke. <laughs> I'm not sure. I have. I'm not sure. I have a question. I do. Ryan. I do. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't expecting you to give up with such a um, uh, a fight. Um, well, it does. It would take a nation of millions to hold you back from asking a question, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, boy. Uh, so this this public enemy yes. uh, with their number one spot. Uh, in, in the, um, uh, 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 wait, 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 or is there a different one? Um, no, no. Uh, yes. With their number one spot in the Pazin drop pool, with their, uh, induction into the rock and roll hall of fame, with their, with Chuck D's protesting, um, outside of the, um, uh, outside of the RNC convention. Has the prophecy of rage come true? (laughs) Um, I mean, it was already true. I mean, yes, yes. The answer is yes, but it's a qualified yes because uh, 
the prophecy of rage was already true, right? Like it wasn't there. There was no uh, there was no particular time when when the prophecy when the prophecy of rage uh, was was not true. Um, but I mean, I think it's it's come truer, and I think one of the just sort of looking at the contemporary political situation, one one of the uh, one of the things that um, you know, I don't know. I, I, you just think, I mean, and this is extremely cynical and dark, but you think at least, uh, at least the state uh, used to be a, a little bit euphemistic about state-sanctioned murder of black people, right? <laughs> like at right. least they used to be. At least they they used to try to like cloak it in some sort of politeness or things like this. And it's only gotten. I mean, it's only gotten more blatant. Um, that you know and and that's the thing like despite progress on the on the racial front i mean i i feel like i don't know i feel like uh killer mike channels chuck d a little bit oh in, absolutely you yeah, know sure. in, in his in in his own way i don't want to trivialize either of them by like uh, comparing them or making them merely versions of of one another but like the no, but i i think that i think that um that there is an absolute influence there i mean on run the jewels and especially on um rap music um which was killer mike's solo album that was produced entirely by that by lp that was kind of the um the predecessor to run the jewels um that there's a explicit kind of attempt i think in 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 some of the interviews lp talked about in the production trying to kind of um accomplish some of what the bomb squad did did uh in these kind of classic public enemy albums um and then the counterpoint of that right i mean that that um uh, album had has a song uh, called Reagan, uh, and I, I you know I I won't I, I guess I won't spoil what side uh, I, I, uh, Killer Mike comes out on Reagan. Okay, I will spoil it. Uh, he he talks about um, you know kind of uh, 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 Iran Contra and crack cocaine. Uh-huh. Um, and no, and and so that there is absolutely um, there's influence. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Killer Mike is one of the people that Chuck D has influenced, and Chuck D is one of Killer Mike's several influences, right? Um, and so, it's, so like ju- just to kind of keep riffing riffing on your question, that I mean, I'm afraid of getting in trouble by like being sort of too unguarded in in, in what I say. I feel like that the you know cont- listening playing this music from from 1988 into uh, into a contemporary situation and, and listening to how, if if anything, I mean, it was relevant then, it was true then, and how, if anything, it's more relevant, it's more true, uh, it's it's more pointed, its criticisms are more pointed, um, is uh, is a little, I mean, is a little... Uh, a little dispiriting. <laughs> That's a downer way to start the. Uh... No, no, well, I guess I mean let's. I mean, I guess, this is an interesting thing. Is like in in order to kind of keep kind of working through this. I, I mean, I would love to kind of consider what what it what rage means, like and as both a noun and a verb. Um, and I and I say this like what what does it mean to be a prophet of rage? Um, and I think that this is like an interesting place to start um, because. And I, I think I mentioned this or alluded to it um, that so "Prophets of Rage" is a song on this album. It was kind of a single that kind of um, that that was uh, I, I think it was one of the singles. Or um, anyhow, it was it was it's one of the kind of central songs here. Um, but it is also the moniker of a supergroup that is active right now that features Chuck D, um, Be Real from Cypress Hill, uh, and then the um, instrumentalists. Uh, from Rage Against the Machine, so it's Rage Rage Against the Machine plus uh, Chuck D plus um, Be Real equals Prophets of Rage, uh-huh. uh, and they just re- uh, released their first song like yesterday, which is called Prophets of Rage, and it is not the same Prophets of Rage uh, as the previous Prophets of Rage, um, and they are and they are out playing. Um, playing uh, protests uh, outside of the. Um, uh, the RNC all week, and their their tour is the Make America Rage Again tour, um, and I think that that's like a very I, I guess part of why I want to kind of examine rage and the kind of prophecy and rage, prophesizing rage, uh, and and uh, both this kind of being a prophet of rage versus raging against the machine, um, or rage against the machine, is that there is not a 
you know, I, I find the, the phrase of make America rage again is very interesting because there's no shortage of rage in the make America great again people, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, in, in, inside the convention hall in Cleveland. Um, and so it's this interesting thing of, of um, kind of being an enemy of some kind of, of of public or an established public order, which is which is inherently unequal um, and is constructed to disadvantage some. I mean, I think that it's interesting to you know it's implied that the the rage is the rage of the disenfranchised, but that there's also a a potential backlash of of like of the, the you know um, uh, every every rage action has a uh, equal and opposite rage reaction, <laughs> right? Um, and and. And so I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 trying to th- unpack of like you know what what is encoded within the kind of prophecy of rage uh, that's here and and how that I think understanding the ways in which it was always already true um, shows that there the ways in which some of this kind of dialectic kind of continues um, and 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 helps to perpetuate why this is as relevant and vital um, as it is uh, uh, as it was uh, in 1988 right, well, right like, years ago and so so here's a, a like a little nitpick here's like a brief like a small nitpick. Um, I don't think they say prophecy of rage. I think I so think they say they're prophets. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Pro- the prophets of rage, and you would think that the prophets of rage would make a prophecy of, I guess of right. rage, but yeah. that's not necessarily true because it's like, in the sense, uh, they're not the prophet. And I think the prophets of rage are a lineage of a lineage of kind of black protest mm. figures mm. uh stretching back to the slave trade right and sort of colonial uh, pre-revolutionary america um that uh and and a kind of a legacy of rebellion and a legacy of of protest that uh that i think chuck d is trying to stand in line with or pay homage to in in doing this but they are i mean like so they are prophets of rage in what sense like are they prophets of rage because they're prophesying rage making prophecies of rage are they prophets of rage because they are uh composed of rage or they are are they prophets Mm. of rage because they're sort of born of rage right like in the same way that i am of los angeles you know and they're in that's interesting right so are they enraged prophets or they're they're pushed to profit to to profit prophecy to prophesizing from rage right Right. of yeah that's very interesting yeah and that the the you Mm. know and that the prophecy uh, you know the prophecy is almost a sort of prophecy of 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 sort of hopelessness or or something like this and actually like this is something that i this is something that i i i didn't have a problem with it but this is something that i wanted to kind of bring to this podcast and talk about like i think you need a theory of aggression uh on, yeah. i think you need a way of of accounting for the the performative Aggression on well, and, and then record. this and then this connects directly again back to run the jewels right this is like right where we were with the right, the, the jewels episode um and and talked about a, a lot about because that's also kind of aggression runs right through through that as well yeah right? and I like and I'm like I, I'm inclined to let it off the hook and I'm my, I'm not willing to let myself off the hook for having that for having that reaction right like I we sort of talked a little bit about or I I talked a little bit about I sort of uh at one one point, maybe half dozen, dozen episodes ago, uh, proposed a social theory or proposed a typology of popular music based on the kind of antisocial behavior that it countenances, <laughs> whether it's like promiscuous sex or whether it's drug use or whether it's violence or whether, you know, uh, well, beating on the brat with a baseball bat, like whatever, whatever it is. Um, and that you can sort of, you know, you can sort of talk about, you can sort of talk about the different, uh, the, the kind of different, um, antisocial, uh, tendencies of music and sort of make a, make a, a continuum that way. And, and here, um, here though, like the, the rage is really directed at, uh, uh, the, the rage, the sort of, the aggression is really, uh, uh, directed at injustice in the social order, right? right. And it's and it's not yeah. it's not that I want it's not that I want to go out and break things. It's that things are broken, uh, 
uh, things are broken and maybe my breaking some things can call or talking about breaking some things can like call attention to it. You, you know what I mean? Like that, that there's a, there's kind of a more, a, a signaling, there's a, almost a, uh, like a cry for help aspect, uh, socially to it. Um, that's, well, yeah. And it's, it's there in the title of the album too. I mean, it's, it's this interesting kind of, right. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back is, says two things right so on the one hand it says millions are holding us back right and then there is this kind of cry for for help or a cry for action of, of injustice but then there's also a kind of within that a statement of of power as well right that that um like like our 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 power and our kind of latent power is is such that um that it, it requires no nothing less than a nation of, of millions to hold us back right um and and i think that these are two pieces of this so there is this kind of calling out this injustice and kind of kind of um focusing the the rage on, uh the rage and the kind of aggression against against this uh collective injustice but it's also a pointing out of like and, and I think the flip side is there there is a kind of celebration of of awesomeness and virtuosity of and and I think that that's there both lyrically and in the performances themselves yeah. right um and and I think that that's what's that kind of dual construction um gives this some of its unique um well I was going to say it's unique flavor and 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 th- and there it is right that I I think that um I mean the, imagine the thought experiment of I mean, I think that imagine the thought experiment of this album without any one of the the elements, right? So, and and I think the the kind of the the four kind of constituent elements are, um, and maybe there, I guess there are five actually constituent elements. You have the production itself, um, the musical tracks. Uh, you have the rapping um, by Chuck D. You have um, uh, Flavor Flav's uh, rapping and kind of um, and and kind of um, hyping right his, his kind of uh, ad libs and kind of um, um kind of uh, vocal percussion um you have uh, terminator x's scratching right so kind of separate from the production you have the performance of of the turntablism um and then you have um professor griff and you have the kind of um the 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 security force sur- uh, slash ministry of Inf- information slash um uh, uh kind of paramilitary organization um, that is uh, that that you hear less, but appears a few times um, on the on the album. I think is there kind of in the lyrics, like in the titles of all the songs, and is certainly there when you engage with the um, the music videos and and the live shows. There's a and, sixth. And it, I mean, there's a sixth element, which is very large clocks. <laughs> yeah i mean i mean we should talk about we should talk about oh, clocks. absolutely we should talk about <laughs> clocks but but let, let me not derail the point that you were going to make before no and, and just the point is is that um you 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 take any one of those elements of a way i mean again this is kind of a way of kind of thinking about again about the the, the way it takes a nation of millions to hold us back and kind of looking at the dual meanings of that it, like and I guess uh, talking about the kind of the awesomeness side that that you remove any one of those elements and um and and it's so these things they're like kind of jointly necessary conditions right um um or I think you can kind of play with these thought experiments um but um that they're each they uh and and this is something that was very interesting is that um uh, in in the uh, we'll also put a link in of the uh, the the document. There's a documentary that the BBC ran about uh, Public Enemy as well. And one of the things that was noted in this is when Rick Rubin was citing Public Enemy to Def Jam, he did not want um, Flav of Flav, right? Like, and and Chuck D basically made it all made all of Public Enemy um, a package deal. Um, and I think that that's that's really vital because I think that um, that there would have been great music, great records um, with any. Sub- Set of these elements, but that I think that it is the combination of all of these things um, that that kind of create this kind of sense of a, a unstoppable kind of empowered force that is is kind of the the flip side of of the um, the oppression that is being raged against. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, I think that 
that aspect I, I because there's a whole there's almost a whole theory of of experience right in all of those things you know there's dancing there's sort of talking and prophecy and poetry and a literary aspect there's uh, uh music and a kind of a uh connection with that with the sort of like primal beat um there's uh uh the, the sort of the body and the protection of the body and the kind of paramilitary getup. And then there's like clowning, you know, yeah. there, right. And I think that that's, and this is where I kind of wanted to go with the clocks. Like I, I think that that aspect is I, that sort of, that aspect is important, you know, because it's sort of, it, it almost, it almost pre satirizes it. It almost makes it uh, proof against, um, <laughs> it's it's a vaccine it's a vaccine right, right? exactly it, it's it, a sort yeah, of like, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. vaccine Flavor. against against forces that, that would cultural forces that would try to dismiss it not through condemnation but through trivialization and that yeah. it's impossible to do when they're when they're wearing the clocks you know well, yeah it's, yeah and when it's yeah when, once you've kind of vertically inter integrated the satire right right <laughs> like then it's all it's all part uh it, it's it, you have your in-house satirist um and and yeah, yeah you know what if yeah. you have a jester you know what that makes you the king the king right absolutely yeah and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. unpack that a little bit. Uh, well, there's uh, so I think I think that by like uh, like if, if, in the kind of the traditional um, role of a jester in a royal court, being the one who could kind of speak truth to power, the only person who can make fun of the king, of the monarch, right? The you know the only person who kind of can uh, uh, in a in a like an absolute or divine right of kings. Uh, style monarchy like the the only one who can kind of insist that the king is human is only human and and, and things like this um you know uh, there is a kind of weird like by the the converse of that being that like when you have that role you must be in the presence of uh you must be in the presence of of a monarch because uh liberal democracies right like enlightenment democracies are extremely self-serious you know right. are like all, all about the uh um, all about the the like sovereignty of the people and the kind of the sacred duty of exercising the franchise and like all this shit. And that if you are if you are in a a, a, um, a political organization that can withstand that that level of of clowning, it must be highly authoritarian. It must be like mon- almost monarchical. And so that I, I you know I think that there is a weird way in which it confers authority by having flavor flav there being uh, being ridiculous a lot of the time well i think it is an interesting thing i mean thinking about this this phrase of of speaking truth to power because it means a lot of different things right and 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 i think that it's the ways of speaking truth to power one is is kind of the the very the authoritative statement um of of speaking truth to power which is kind of chuck d's voice and then there is the kind of ridiculous and the absurd right and 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 again they have both of them and and i think it is just really it's very it's the the vocal performances um of of the two of them um and the way it kind of intertwines and interacts um and and kind of bounce off each other it's actually um weirdly interesting um it it's it relates to actually some of what we talked about last week with sonic youth and these you know these are not totally separate records from each other as we you know talked about they were actually recorded at the same studio um you know chuck d went on to uh, do vocals on the following um uh, sonic youth album um and and i I think that you know we talked a little bit about the propulsive energy of of this kind of uh, of of the kick it uh, in Hey Joni uh, on on Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation, and, and I think that you have that throughout with with Flavor Flav's um, uh, uh, vocals and the way in which there's kind of um, energy being passed, and he, and he's kind of providing almost like that he's a, a kind of uh, uh, you know like that that there he's like a he, he serves as like a jetpack or something like that. Uh, <laughs> 
um, uh, a, a little bit, right? And 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 it's like you know that it's kind of or as as a booster, right? It's a, it's the uh, the yeah boy booster rocket, right? Um, I mean, right? Because like they talk about, I think in various points about firing missiles, right? And um and and that you um you know have you know that the the, the body of the missile is, is is the beats in the production, you know the the kind of payload uh, is is kind of Chuck Chuck D's ideas and verses, but the booster. Um, the, the you know the kind of, kind of booster that is getting it to your destination. Yeah, the first stage, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is flavor flavor, right? Yeah, I I mean I you know I buy that and like uh, you know uh, the, I buy that and it's it's um, well it's it's good and then so like the, well, I think it's worth noting because. I think, especially because it's interesting to engage with this record and and and, and with Flavor Flav in a post Flavor of Love um, exactly. uh, period, yeah. right? And 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 I think that you, there's a sense of after watching Flavor of Love. Um, that that it it's it's easy or or tempting to to dismiss him and and to kind of create a narrative of of Chuck D you know is is the genius and was the one who person who was doing this and and he and Flavor Flav is was this weird kind of appendage or something like that and, and when you listen to this record it is so obviously not the case right right that that he is and then when you watch the live shows it's even more obvious that that's not the case um that there is a, a vital presence uh, to what's going on, both in terms of the sound and and lyrically, and and kind of uh, in present. I mean, down to I believe um, uh, "Party for the Right for Your Right to Fight," the last song in this album. There, if you listen closely, this is another place where the the headphones uh, benefits listen to the headphones that they deliver um, the lyrics in unison, right? Um, and and you have uh, split in the stereo, yeah, split, split in, in the, the stereo, stereo. Yeah. exactly, and and that's. And it's a very cool effect because their voices are so different, right? In in timber uh, and and delivery, and they're in unison, right? And so that I think that there is a need. I think that you know, for 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 fans of Public Enemy, for for fans of of kind of hip hop, there isn't necessarily a need to kind of recontextualize and 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 uh, flavor flavor. But I think for the 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 um the flav- the flavor watching public. The, for the flave watching public, uh, it is worth it, right? For for people who kind of are coming um, to to this record or to Public Enemy through a more circuitous um, route uh, that that goes uh, backwards from uh, primarily backwards from the early two thousands, um, it's worth kind of setting setting up that context because um, I, I think that he's not an appendage, but it's kind of a vital part of of what's going on um, creatively in this in this group and on this record. The um the uh so the the live performances also and the the you know the the links to the video will be in the in the show notes um are are interesting and they they sort of look like uh the the nwa performances that were recreated yeah. in yeah. uh in straight out of compton where right like sort of at the end of uh they go from it goes from like you think of the origins of hip-hop as being like party music right as being like uh you know with the the mc and the dj like maybe standing on the floor with the crowd like maybe being in a corner like running a you know running with a, at a at a party or being on a sort of race stage in a club but these are sort of arena stages and i I think the stage area is like an important, the raised stage area is an important performance space that like that platform. And then, uh, at the back center of the stage, right? Like the still higher platform, um, where the, the DJ is, is scratching and, and, uh, making beats and things. And, and, um, that the kind of the movement of the various members of the group, right around around that platform, to kind of engage with different uh, different parts of uh, different parts of the audience, it's almost as though you kind of create the party in microcosm on stage in the you know on the raised platform. That is kind of the like the uh, the the er party, the like like the er block party of hip hop, right? That happens um, happens on stage, and you become like uh, you become. Um, as an audience member, you become sort of witnesses, uh, uh, witnesses to it, um, rather than just participants, uh, participants in it, because you sort of party by proxy, you know, uh, and and something uh, something like that. So the 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 multi member 
I don't know, something, something about the multi-member group and, and Flavor Flav definitely, uh, plays into this and the, the, like the, uh, the honor guard, you know, with the, the berets and whatnot yeah. standing around, um, uh, plays into this, uh, plays into this as well. I don't know. Did I, anything well, occur to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to talk about this and we, we, I mentioned this song, um, uh, as a lyrical performance, but I think you're in talking about kind of this nature of the party and the kind of the party as the roots of hip hop. Um, it's worth maybe, maybe in terms of individual songs to delve into, um, starting at the end is actually a good place to start. Right. And starting at, um, party for your right to fight fight right which is a um a flip of uh of of uh obviously of, of uh bc boys fight for your right to party and actually samples that right and chops it up um and and i think that this is like a very very interesting because it's still i mean there's there's a lot right um it's just interesting in the same way of of kind of I mean, i'm wondering if this is something that there are other kind of lyrics and statements in this album that you can read in this backwards and forwards kind of way um i guess is why I'm kind of tempted to also start at the end of the album and and work uh, and and kind of work backwards or work in um, right is is that right that by switching the words right by going from um, fight for your right to party right which is this like you know uh, I mean right that 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 is the and we're we're actually probably likely to talk about the BC Boys um, pretty soon um, but what in there in that kind of mode as a a kind of brat uh, a, a bratty bunch of, of ruffians. Well, you know, the worst thing that's happening to the Beastie Boys is that their dad threw away their 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 porno mags, right? Um, and that living at home's a drag, um, and and that you have to fight uh, to 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 smoke cigarettes and jerk off, like, um, and and rise up, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, oppressed. You have nothing to lose, but you're not jerking off. Right, exactly. right? Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, yeah. You have nothing to lose, but your carpal tunnel syndrome. But 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 that um, I, I think by flipping this, I, and I think that the idea of partying for your right to fight, um, and this kind of play on partying, um, and and I think that, that you know part of how I'm reading this is that is taking. The party, right? Taking the, 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 the festive party, the hip hop party, um, that you talked about and imagining it as the basis for political collective action, right? So that we are, so that, that you are kind of, and is merging the, the street parties and, and more, more generally hip hop, right? As a, as a musical form, um, with, these kinds of various um, various parties uh, and, and social movements, um, black, black Panthers, um, other kind of um, black social um, movements, right? And and that you know in the lyrics he kind of um, explicitly kind of calls like the sixties, right? And and um and in in the Public Enemy documentary, um you know uh, Chuck D talks about being a kid in the sexy sixties and seeing um these movements, seeing the protests, seeing the assassinations, um and so. Uh, and and seeing some of the backlash to that, uh, and so I, I I see in this kind of a attempt to I mean in some ways there's a lot of a a statement of purpose of public enemy here right that it had its basis in the party right and uh, in these kinds of DJ parties uh, and Chuck D um, you know was um, was was a party MC um, but as they kind of evolved um, started to tie that to this broader sense of party and this broader sense of politics which all of the members shared being kind of of that same generational um, generational cohort so it is kind of um, you know before we can even fight for our right to party we must organize so that we have the ability uh, you know, the, the, have the right to fight, right? Yeah, I mean, um, like, so party means like join in a political party, or maybe it's just it. Maybe it's a noun, not a verb, right? Like, maybe it's not party. You go and party for your right to fight. Maybe it's like the this, party, the party, for, uh, the party for the right, the for the right to fight. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, That's what right. And that people, people for the right to fight. <laughs> 
that yeah and that that like that that is what the band is or that that is what like these sort of groups whether it's uh, you know they talk about the black panthers um with uh you know the uh party started right in 66 with the pro-black radical mix um or uh name drops elijah muhammad and so you're talking about the nation of of islam and also sort of names drop name drops some sort of uh counterfactual um parties like the masons right mm-hmm. uh, uh that are sort of involved in a in a conspiracy to to sort of keep black people down that the the nation of millions uh that it takes to hold the to hold them back but it it's not it's not just a nation of millions it's a nation of millions and sort of tight political organization is what it takes right. uh to hold us back and that like we need a, p- a political organization on the order of the masons on the order of you know the conspiracy uh, against us on the order of the kind of the social forces arrayed um, yeah, on the, the social forces kind of arrayed uh, to our detriment, right? Well, that, and that is very interesting, right? That's kind of uh, core uh, collective action theory, right? That that you, um, you know, in Mansur Olson's uh, logic of collective action, which I've talked about a lot um, on this uh, podcast, um, that you know, one of the things that he states is that um, you know, due to issues of free riding and kind of um, in, in, in political organizing, small organizations um, with kind of vested interests like uh, are able to like provide uh, public goods uh, better and are serve as more um, effective lobbying or kind of interest groups, right? And so, like you say, um, it is it, like even if there is, um, you know, it, it may appear that a nation, it, it, the nation of millions, is is holding them back. That there are are kind of tight cabals that are really implementing that, and then a, a like many others that are just kind of silent, right? And and so that it is um, about kind of building those um, tight organizations that, that fight back in that cohesive way and, and kind of um, avoid some of these pitfalls of organizing collective action, right? For th- this, by the way, is what Killer Mike was on uh, doing media promoting the other day, that, 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 uh, that the black community should take their money out of banks and put them in black-owned banks. Right. Um, that wow. like, yeah, I know. It's, I mean, and, and like, man, he, w- he was on fire when he was talking about it. And it was, uh, it was like, yes, <laughs> it made me want to do it. Um, the, that, that like, uh, that collective, that sort of the idea that collectively, collectively we're a force. Right. And there's a, there's actually like, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the, this is, this is where the, um, where kind of my theory of the aggression uh, comes from to to sort of rehabilitate the the aggression from being something that you know I, I wouldn't necessarily want in in society um, like it's a party for your right to fight I think fight here means strive contend be like mm-hmm. like yeah. live more yeah. more or like, less like exist I mean yeah. like, exactly it, like, and when and yeah. and the kind of the social conditions have made existence uh, a fight like almost a war right and uh, that that you know that that is what like um, it's it's just what's nece- it's what's necessary uh in in order to live um the the uh and and that like and that the kind of the bombastic remythologizing of you know uh of black supremacy not that's that's too far but like of black greatness in this in this right like yeah talk about right like i mean the um the The the, afro asiatic man well and and the um you know the the paramilitary organization is called like the i believe it's the security of the first world yeah right um and and with the idea that we are not ever and this is actually in that same um that concert right chuck d says you know we call it this because we're not the the third world right we are we are a first world right like we are we well are that first, yeah so the the right? here in party for your right to fight right the the last verse is like uh, uh to those that disagree it causes static for the original black asiatic man cream of the earth and was here first um yeah the like the idea being the black people are are the original people you know that life originates in in uh in africa and in the, in the cradle of man and and um you know that uh that that this is the you know that this is a sort of trying to sort of re re triumphalize or sort of uh in in the face of of 
um, in the face of forces that would, you know, uh, that would trivialize or, or denigrate um, uh, of black people and under those and under those conditions, right? Like taking those assumptions as read, yes, by all means. Part like, where do I register for the party for your right to fight? Right. Uh, I mean, I think that I mean, just in terms of thinking about that kind of narrative, I want to kind of uh, turn back to, to the music and the production for a second, because I think that the um, we, we've talked about the overall kind of overstuffedness of the samples and the density of the samples um, and and some of the kind of sonic harshness. But I think I also want to uh, point out that what is being sampled um, are, are primarily kind of the greats of kind of funk and soul um, and, and kind of, of, of black music, right. Of the, of the kind of, you know, latter half of the 20th century. Right. And that there's something about this kind of taking this as a tradition, not only a, a tradition, but then as this, you know, in the way in which they then sample these individual points. Um, and, the, you know, in the documentary, um, uh, they speak of it as almost treating it like um, the instruments in an orchestra, right? Uh, as each song um, from the kind of black musical tradition is an instrument uh, in a larger orchestra. Um, also creates a sense of there's this kind of like, that there is a, a, a um, you know, that the, there's, the, it takes this as this kind of primal creative force, right? That there's a, a um, and, and so that there is, it's, it kind of makes this similar kind of case for, um, you know, like of, of, of this is a, a generative creative uh, force and tradition. Um, and so we are going to create this totally unique uh, world with these pieces, right? And we're going to recontextualize these things that may have become commonplace and show just how kind of like kind of outstanding and unique they are, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so it's making the kind of familiar strange um, to show kind of how exceptional that, that, that it is um, and kind of how um, how miraculous it is, right? That uh, And because and, there is something about a, a feat in kind of chopping up all of these pieces of, of many, many songs and kind of uh, of, of, of the kind of, I mean, and you look at um, the Bomb Squads uh, at the Shockley's uh, 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 record collection, and it's just walls and walls uh, and rows and rows and rows of records and kind of putting these together in this way that then sticks the landing, right? That this is a this is like the um, production equivalent of the the highest difficulty high dive, right? And, you know, the, the, and, and they and they nail it or a, a gymnastics move or or any of these other or 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 figure skating right these sports that um where the there are different maneuvers that you can do um and you can get points based on not only execution but level of difficulty yeah right and 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 this is like and so they are they get all the level of difficulty because they're like high diving with ice skates on right um, and they stick the landing uh into the frozen pool i don't know I, i'm not sure about the metaphor but the the point is is that there is that there is it, there is both kind of invention and tradition here um and i think that those um work in tandem to service this kind of point that's made lyrically um in this song and kind of throughout the album yeah and it's i mean the the sound it's so what what they come up with is so exciting and so kind of like makes it it makes you want to move like my the sort of seminal hip-hop of my youth was like uh, early mid 90s la uh, a slightly more a, a slightly more laid back sound, a slightly more Snoop Dogg kind of sound, right? And that right. this is so this is so like just get up and move. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's undeniable the the um, the kind of the power the power of the beat. Uh, for for what it's worth, back to to the film straight out of Compton, right? Like uh, Dre too is is. Um, portrayed as hauling carts of records around everywhere. Uh, right, right. Right. And like just being really devoted to uh to funk and soul to r and b like and really knowledgeable um really knowledgeable about about the sounds and sort of uh and and a sort of savant in in terms of like um uh, m- what must be a kind of process of of mentally cataloging the separate elements that that go up that go into the 
that go into the various um, reframed, recontextualized, sort of chopped up and and reformatted uh, uh, sounds sounds and beats. It's uh, it's also I mean there's like uh, sort of rock and roll guitar sort of sounds on on this record and like the the and also um, a weird connection to punk rock in that like there is a high pitched feedback noise that happens <laughs> in a lot of uh, that happens in a lot of places on this record like uh, and and sometimes it's incorporated into the part of the main loop and so it goes kind of over and over and over and yeah, over yeah the, and I was in rebel without a pause right there's like this yes. like like the teapot sound right yeah. the- Right. <laughs> um, and, and that, it's, it's, yeah. And uh, also, in, uh, Night of the Living Bassheads has the, um, there's like a, a, a looped, it's kind of a feeded back um, sax that sounds like a car alarm going off. Right. Whoop, whoop, whoop. No, 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 no. Remember this, when all the car alarms had that same sequence of like eight sounds or, or, uh, um, whatever that, whatever that sequence was. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. And like, when I first heard it, it was a little jarring to me and, and I can't, um, uh, and a little bit like, okay, this is, this is slightly tiresome and I can't describe what happened, uh, other than, other than I just decided not to be bothered by it. And then it was, then it was like a, a vital and interesting and important part of the, um, part of the sound, but it is, it does, you know, it is part of that, like, oh, that rap music that they're listening to. They're just not like my straw mom, right. Of, uh, of like, uh, white middle American motherhood. Who's like, da- you know, down on, on these rappers today. Cause it's just, it's just noise. They're just, uh, uh, they're just making, they're just making noise. Um, that uh you know that the even even the noise even the kind of the non uh uh the sort of non sampled sounds the non like r and b soul funk sounds are uh are recontextualized into something you know uh i don't know into something into something truly great and like the relationship with noise like to me it's like uh it's a it's a it's urban noise. It's noise of the city, right? Like it's noise of the of yes, a kind exactly. of well, the, the car alarm, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Or like, uh, or this. It's the sound of machinery, right? Like it's the sound of jackhammers going, or it's the sound of of garbage trucks in the morning, and like you know the squeaking of hydraulics or something like that, right? Like some something. Uh, uh, there, there's something about like being being in a noisy environment, and that the music the music you make is going to be very dense with uh with different layers of noise it's there's something true about it right like there's something true to the uh true to the environment true to the situation about it that that really works in this case kind of pivoting back from the music are, were there other songs that st- uh, stuck out to you um either musically or or lyrically or as as a fusion of the two i mean we talked a bit about um at, at the end about party for your right to fight but there's a number of other kind of big ones that jump out um throughout the album right there's there's an, again a number of kind of skyscrapers uh, on this album in terms of kind of big songs that really grab the attention yeah um i don't know uh uh she watched channel zero was one that like uh that uh stuck out for me but i think they're probably more important um, no, well, let's talk about it though. What was it about? Um, she watched Channel Zero um, that that grabbed you. Um, I mean, I, that's one that has the kind of. I believe that samples a Slayer song uh, as well. It, it, it samples Slayer and James Brown. If uh, and so that is certainly musically distinctive. Um, uh, but but also, I mean, I guess also Flavor Flav yelling. Um, uh, you're blind from the facts on who you are because you're watching that garbage has a little bit of a sad irony um, uh, to it. Um, but but what what is it about yeah, this? Well, song? yeah, exactly. Like you know, the garbage, the garbage, ah, uh, uh, flave, the garbage you decry, you shall become. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's you, should, uh, you shall produce anyhow. <laughs> like, uh, well, he he he's on that show. Uh, like uh, he's he's uh, uh, making more generations go blind that anyway the the um 
Yeah, it's it's one of the only places that women appear on the album, and that that was something sort of interesting mm. to me. The kind of like the the girlfriend yeah. who's, who's addicted to the boob tube, right? And it does it. You know, it probably should make us a little uncomfortable, but there is this like there's this sort of domestic depoliticized space uh, with the with the idiot box um, that's making that's making the 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 women stupid, right? Like and and like Channel Zero being like what like zero redeeming qualities, zero cultural value, zero political importance to what's going on, uh, to what's going on on the TV, uh, versus, versus the kind of the, the exterior non-domestic political, uh, historical space of struggle and, and political organization that the men occupy. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it is interesting. I, you know, it, it is such a, you know, the, the space of this album is such a bro zone, right? Like, um, but not like, I mean, like the, like to their credit, there is not a really, um, you know, there, there is very little and I, I'm, I can't really, you know, I, I've not looked exhaustively, but like you actually, I, I'm, once you mention it, there isn't, there aren't a lot of references to bitches on this album. Right. Uh, right. And, and that, I mean, there is occasional reference of brothers and sisters. Right. Um, and it's, it's there. I think that's there on uh, maybe bring the noise. Um, but that, uh, that, that it is this, especially because of how large public enemy is like it is a large uh, convocation of dudes, right? And and again, it's not, um, it's not. Uh, that's not an attempt to bring them down, but like there's, you said, there's there's just this division of spaces and of of spheres um, of kind of um, this is this is who their kind of um, you know revolutionary cadre was, right? Um, and 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 there was a partition uh, between these kind of pol- the political space and the non political space. I mean, right in that way, it's not dissimilar from um, what I given to understand uh, how the kind of space is arrayed in the musical Hamilton, right? Of there's the dude, the, the political bro zone and the more kind of domestic uh, female space. Yeah. And the songs, the, the, you know, and the men rap and the women, well, one of the women sort of raps, um, but the, but the women sing R and B. Right. Right. And while the, while the men, while the men rap, um, yeah. Uh, and even like uh, uh, Flavor Flav talks later about sports, right? Like we have a black quarterback, so it's important to watch football and not whatever shit is, whatever bullshit you're watching. Or uh, I got the Tyson fight on. Um, right. And that, you know, and that's, you know, better than whatever. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think Oprah was broadcasting nationally at that point, but it's like, it's probably that level or like a more Kardashian, even a more like Kardashian-esque level of, uh, of brain rotting boob tube, um, stuff that the, that the, uh, that the women are, are sort of, um, are stuck to, right? Like, uh, you know, and that, and then like uh, Check D is pretty critical. Um, you know, trouble vision, trouble vision uh, for a sister because I know she don't know. I quote: "Her brain's been trained by a twenty-four inch remote. Revolution is solution for all our children, but her children don't mean as much as the show." Uh, watch her worship the screen and fiend for a TV ad. It just makes it just makes me mad. This is a you know this is a pretty damning portrait uh, of of like what women want and. Um uh, I mean, yes, and yes, and no. It also, though, is also a discourse of addiction, right? Um, and so, I, I, it is a a sense. I mean, it still is damning in that it's it's that first uh, in some way the dudes are somehow inoculated, right? Or somehow, um, you know, uh, are, are elevated in some way or another. I mean, it's, it's actually, it's very interesting, right? Especially in like looking at the kind of, um, it's this interesting thing where I, I guess there's an irony here where, uh, and and I think part of what this song is doing is on the one hand, and this is where the kind of interplay between Chuck D and Flavor Flav I think is interesting, right? So Chuck D is is all self righteous, saying you know women are addicted uh, uh, to to the TV, um, but the men kind of you know we read books, we do do politics and philosophy, and Flavor Flav is like, I mean, and and it's very interesting. Flavor Flav is like, oh no, I just want to watch a different thing on television, <laughs> right? Like and right and uh, and you know eventually, and especially with you know the kind of 
of in the, in this kind of, you know, talk a little bit about prophecy, you know, that there is a little bit, you know, that, you know, this is a case where, you know, one man's trash TV is another man's treasure TV. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and I think that, um, and, and I think that that, that that's a little bit there as much as kind of um you know the, the ways in which flavor flav is kind of arguing against uh, why the women should um shut off the tv kind of uh, are not exactly on message right uh with with chuck d's uh in a way that kind of um undercuts it a little bit uh in in a in a in a sly way um by saying you know we are yes like we are advocating kind of to all get all this but we actually are also susceptible susceptible to this addiction as well um and and i think that um yeah and and so and and i think that that's there in kind of public any uh, in general as both being kind of um you know radical um but also you know popular right uh, this album went platinum and that uh, you know the, it, it it takes a nation of millions to hold them back but it also takes a nation of millions to buy the album a million times right <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah right? uh and and, the, the, and this kind of um and you know many of these video uh many of the uh, these performances are them on mtv um and they were kind of um you know and this is this is a a and um they were a commercial force um, for the next several albums, right? Um, and so um, that there is this, you know, and and do you have a sense of that? Um, and it gets back to the kind of um, fl- uh, flavor, flav, um, uh, Chuck D dichotomy that you have the polemic, you have the consciousness raising, the 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 provocation, um, but you have the kind of party there, and you have those two sides of the party. You have the 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 political party, the the um, the organized party, and the the partying, and they're they're kind of two parts of this. And and so rather than it being kind of hypocritical or, or intention, it's it's kind of part it's again it goes back to what you were saying of by internalizing that critique and by by not being so pure and uh, uh, and and kind of um uh, and and austere that it actually says well we are we are humans we are fallible um we we're like right like we're like not uh, it, it it kind of shows that like yes we may also be subject to some of these these pitfalls um but that doesn't delegitimate us as a voice sure right i mean um, that that is they they are uh they're a public enemy but they're also an enemy in public right like they they perform enemying they do their enemying they perform opposition uh in a uh uh in a, a public a public sphere, and that like with with um, with that comes sort of the uh, <laughs> uh, with that you sort of see all the all the dynamics of that and all the kind of the the best and the worst um, uh, the best and the worst of it right like it, uh, because of the kind of the publicity because of the publicness of uh, of their enemying of how they enemy you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we should probably leave it there yeah. for uh, for now. It, it it I mean, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back from podcasting, but uh, we'll exercise the restraint. Now, uh, we'd love to hear what you think of this album. All the usual places: Twitter at TFT Podcast, Facebook Theory for Turntables, or the show notes for this uh, this episode in the comments section. Um, go check out those videos because they're they are pretty cool. Um, we continue our march through uh, through the late '80s into the early '90s. We're in a historical uh, quarter now, so watch those uh, social media channels for an- the announcement of your next listening assignment uh, for the next episode, which will come next week. Until then, please keep it real. <laughs>